Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I have bad news for you. Morph is dead. He's been beheaded. May he rest in peace. And his arms come off. Look at that. Oh, dear. What a disaster. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Rahalastapa with the, this week with the fantastic Nathan Caton. Um, we're recording these remotely still on Wednesday nights at twitch.tv slash rkherring. You can tune in for free and watch them happening live. Uh, now about four weeks behind. So uh, if you want to get ahead of the cool crowd, watch them in advance for free. Uh, we're also doing lots of other stuff on that Twitch channel. Thursday nights is Ali and Herring's Twitch of Fun featuring Brian the Dead Wasp. There he is. What's the buzz with Brian Wasp and also Chicky Chick? There's all sorts. Ah, of... oh dear, what's happened to me? I'm like Michael Benteen's potty time off acid. That's what I'm like. Uh, Seems to have lost Donkey. I hope the Donkey turns up. He's had a good knock. Um, anyway, yes, you can watch that. Uh, there's also snooker and various other ideas for stuff. So just tune in. Why not go there and follow and then you get notifications when we're live. Remember, you can subscribe. You can subscribe with money, but preferably use your Amazon Prime account and link them. And then you can give us £5 every month. Don't forget to resubscribe every month. 
and that money costs you nothing. It doesn't cost you anything extra. On, it's part of your Amazon Prime package if you have that. Uh, remember my book the problem with men is out in november you can pre-order now the audio book is also available for pre-order which will be the book and also a podcast with me and a very special guest um probably some other extras in there as well um the more you can pre-order those things the better it is for me and shortly we'll be starting some kickstart campaigns for the snooker and the stone clearing which you can get involved with if you are a fan of those particular endeavors Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy. I'm on Taskmaster as well. Can you believe I haven't mentioned that? Taskmaster Series 10 out in October. Let's sit back, relax, enjoy. With Nathan Caton. Hello, please welcome a man who's just had his tarot cards read. It's Richard Herring. Hello! It's good to be here. I'm very hot as well. Look at this, I'm sweating. It's the hottest day of the year, and it's hot up in my little attic up in Hertfordshire. Um, welcome to Richard Herring's locally sourced twattery podcast. Uh, though um, I was hanging around with the rhinoceroses at Whipsnade Zoo uh, yesterday, and I th- that is a cool app. I don't know if I've ever seen a rhinoceros up close before, but it's the, it is the coolest animal I think I've ever seen. It looks like a sort of animatronic version of a dinosaur that hasn't quite been invented. It does not look real, unless they're all animatronic and then none of them are real. I don't know. But there was a big one and a little one. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen and endlessly fascinating. The coolest animal now, declared by me, and those rhinoceroses, they call it Rahalostopus. I don't know if that's going to catch on. You never know. It might do. Um, it's uh, Oh, I forgot to bring my kids' uh, Father's Day cards up. I'll have to read it out of here. I was going to talk to you about that. I've, I've had my tarot cards read today. It's for a thing I can't talk about yet. Um, but uh, I did it remotely with a lovely lady uh, who uh, didn't tell me too much. She did say that um, that I, you know, in some ways my career was going around in circles, which I kind of wanted to go, yeah, but it literally, I'm literally doing that. In fact, I've just stopped doing that. She said, things are very busy at the moment. In about a month, everything's going to calm down a bit, which I don't know if I like that very much. She also said that uh, I, wasn't, I, wasn't in, I wasn't in my relationship with both feet, which uh, I can't wait till my wife sees that because <laughs> uh, I'm going to be in an awful lot of trouble with her if, it, you know, if she's magic and going to read the future. So uh, it, was, it was interesting to do it as a sceptical person, but um, she was very nice and I liked her very much. It was Father's Day uh, on um, Sunday and it's the first Father's Day where my daughter has been able to actually write me a card. So it was a very nice thing. She did a card which she put together and had a sort of weird picture of me on the front that she made out of beads. And inside it said, Daddy, it actually said Baddy, but I think it was a mistake. Um, I know we have a lot of fun together, XXX Phoebe, that's what she put. And, that, and my wife had helped with the spelling, but that was her own... That's what she'd come up with. I know we have a lot of fun together, uh, Phoebe, which uh, sort of made me well up a bit. And then I, it just is the kind of sentence I've heard a lot from women in my life. And it's usually followed by a but. That's the problem. And I think maybe my daughter had a bit more to say, but her writing's so big that she ran out of room. So she just got to, I know we had a lot of fun together, but it's time to move on to someone uh, who'd be a better partner or dad in her case. Um, so that was, that was, she gave me a little plastic leopard uh, as well. Uh, my son made me a card as well, and although you wouldn't know it, you had to tell you what it was. He'd drawn a picture of it, me doing a, a poo uh, on the front. That was, <laughs> which to be fair, is my signature move. So that was very good. Um, what else has been going on? 
Um, I watched Gemini Man uh, the other day, which I wouldn't recommend. Will Smith playing uh, two versions of himself. I've given away this. I think it's obvious from the poster. Uh, and it's him and then a clone of him. That's. But if there was a clone of you, would it have the same skills as you? That is the question I would like to ask. And that, that might become a, a new question. Because he's got a he's a very good sharpshooter assassin, but would a clone? I think isn't that partly to do with the way you're brought up and your upbringing? It's not just an innate thing that makes you. He had all the exact same stuff. I didn't like. I would have referred to see a film where Will Smith and young Will Smith sort of fought a bit and then just started kissing and then started fucking each other. Just I think that would have been a better film. <laughs> is it cheating to to have sex with a clone of yourself? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. It's just, it's just that it's an elaborate wank as far as I'm concerned. Um, the snooker this week has come to a conclusion. My snooker, uh, very exciting. The Quantum Leap Me won. Um, this won't make much sense unless you've been watching that on Twitch. There's lots of stuff on Twitch TV all the time. Uh, we're recording these every Wednesday night. Next week, Daniel Sloss. Uh, and uh, 8 p.m. Wednesday, usually uh, twitch.tv slash Herring. If I mean, if you're watching it now, you know that, right? Because you're here watching it. Um, and you can, of course, combine your account with your Amazon Prime account and give us some free money if you want to, or become a monthly badger at gofasterstrike.com slash badges. Or you can buy emergency questions books. There's also uh, have I not have uh, How Not to Grow Up books. I've just found a big pile of them and signed them and drawn cocks in them. Uh, and you can buy one of those from Go Faster Stripe as well. So if you want to give some money back for all this free entertainment through this difficult and weird time, uh, we recorded a gig for the O2, which meant to be at the O2 this week, but it, we in the bar, admittedly, but it still count, would have counted. Uh, we did it at home with James Acaster. Uh, you people at home will already have heard and seen it, uh, but you people watching Twitch, who, who are still at home, admittedly, uh, that will come up very soon if you're not with O2. So thank you very much to O2 for uh, helping us out with that. Right, let's get on with the show. Will you please welcome my guest? He is probably best known for playing a compare in the television program Casualty. That's where we've all seen him, and that's why we're here. Oh. I've just heard him gasp. With oh. He just remembered it, how good it was. Please welcome Nathan Caton, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. It's Nathan Caton. Oh, mate. Come, how up, are you man. doing? I was fine until I remembered I did not shit. <laughs> well, I haven't, I, I haven't. I must confess I did not... Uh, See that? What was the? Were you playing I'm a cake? Sure. <laughs> I'm sure lots. Casualties are very a very popular program. A lot of people saw it. Nathan. Oh, oh man, no, that, that doesn't make me feel any better. What? What? Do, what did it involve? Was it a comedy compare? Or? No, it was like no. Um, you know, like kids have those, those like video game exhibitions where they're playing video games against each other. I do. I, yeah, I was a compare of of that. Okay, uh, just walking around comment, commentating on people's like okay. gameplay. Oh, it was so bad. And then you slipped up on a video game controller and you had to no, go to casualty. No, no, that's the thing. Like, nothing even happened to me. I was perfectly fine. <laughs> that's how shit the world was. I was in casualty and I was fine. Um, someone else, someone else had, had like a, I think a fit or something. Okay. Or a seizure or something. And I just had yeah. to be there. And then. Okay. That, yeah. Oh my God. You know what? You know what? It's even worse. Um, I had an audition, at, I think maybe a month or so ago for McIntyre's yep. Roadshow. Right. Uh, and, um, th- th- my agent at the time messed it up. And so he got me casualty, uh, to say, well, here's, here's the compromise. It's like, wow. You can't balance those two. <laughs> <laughs> my guy's roadshow could have made my career. This yeah. is just gonna, um, just force me to drink. Um, yeah. yeah it was really. Oh, uh, well. I mean, you've done a little bits of acting here and there. That's, uh, 
There's four or five IMDb acting jobs I could have picked out, but oh, uh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's been a few. There's been a few little bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah um, little bits, still some sums. So that, I mean, it's quite good to get into. And you know, so you might have got some work as a compare at a video game conference if someone had seen that. Go, that guy was good. He helped out the kid when <laughs> he was having a fit or something, a fit or something he was having. That that guy was like unnecessarily loud. Let's get him. In. <laughs> Well, let's look at some of the... I See, the credit that is actually impresses me the most I couldn't use as my uh, funny opener mm. is that you have written an episode of Rastamouse, which, with as a man with two children under five, <laughs> I'm quite impressed with. I mean, man. I mean, I, um... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, can you... It's uh, it's basically a crime-fighting mouse who's in, yeah. a, in a crew of crime-fighting mice but in the, when they finish crime fighting, they play in a reggae band together. Is that the is that a fair summation of the yeah? I mean, yeah, it's of the situation kind of maybe Danger Mouse, but for kids. Yeah, set in like the West Indies. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's you know it's good. Yeah, you know I think as far as I can judge these things, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kids you know, programs. It's all about it's all about you know, peace and love and mm. and like if someone does something wrong. He's all about helping them get their life on track. Yeah, I mean, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not like nothing like too heavy. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get involved with writing for Rastabouts? Um, how did I? How (laughs) How did that happen? (laughs) I I, I don't know how. I think I just did yes and took the money. Um, uh, I did a pilot for Paramount Comedy, as it was back in the day, Hmm. Comedy Central. And one of the producers on that uh, was working on Rastamas already with the writers of Rastamas. Uh, of and they needed extra writers. And because he knew that I did a lot of stuff about my grandma and you know, my Western yeah. background, he was like, sure. come and you know do this. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And next thing you know, I was just, yeah, I was, I was writing one of the episodes. I was like, yeah, cool. It's, 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 it's cool. good. I'm, no, I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I'm if it, My kids like now... They like different things. Odd bods is they like. I'd be more impressed if you're writing for odd bods. What's odd bods? Well, man, it's how do you describe it? <laughs> um, it's um. Is, is it? They like. Um, it sounds. Odd bods sounds like. Is it something like dodgy? <laughs> it isn't dodgy. They're 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 sort of little. Uh, I mean, almost toys. I and mean, there's obviously someone's got some idea of. They're like. They've, they've they've got different, you know, like those funny hats you get at festivals. It's like their heads are like funny hats that you get at festivals, all different shapes, uh, but they're like almost Teletubby, but a bit less Teletubby than Teletubbies. It's hard to describe. It is quite funny. My father-in-law loves it. He's seventy, and he he laughs at it more than anyone else. So it appeals to kids and older people. I don't quite. My my daughter's watching Teen Titans Go. That's I think you'd like Teen Titans Go. They do. Um, they do some. Uh, they do some turtle parody. They do some uh, mutant oh, ninja turtles stuff okay. in there. Hello. So it's Hello. quite knowing. It's quite knowing and quite clever. Uh, a bit too rude, oh. uh, and for my five-year-old daughter, but uh, she does like it a lot. Anyway, let's on, not talk. Oddball sounds like what naked attraction should be called. Right. <laughs> Have you ever seen naked attraction? I've I'd, I've not watched an episode, but I'm aware of the. I've seen some clips. Yes. Yeah, oh, mate. <laughs> who, who commissioned that? Who said, who said yeah, that's going to work? Um, well, know, it's very hard to get on TV these days, but you know, someone's <laughs> cock has been on TV more than you and I have put together properly. So I there know, you go, mate. I've changed my career, man. 
<laughs> so let's have a little uh you, you're a west london boy uh, mm. and i was until recently living in shepherd's bush hey. wikipedia says you uh were, were born in hammersmith but that's not you were greenford were you were you, were you yeah or did I, you live in hammersmith no, no no i was born in a hospital in hammersmith but i'm, right. I'm greenford like yeah raised and lived it all my life there's a citation needed on Wikipedia about your age and date of birth, by the way. That's quite an unusual thing. So I don't know how we can prove that. I often do this citation needed, and I've just sorted out. Is your birthday, oh, I've got to take my glasses off, the 2nd of November, 1984? It depends who's asking. It does. <laughs> I'm trying to get, if I'm going to ask your mum's maiden name and get a bit more of details out of you. What other on the back of your card? <laughs> It's uh, it's up on it's that's what it says, but it says citation needed thirty five citation needed. Yeah, okay, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, there's no need for a citation. Just <laughs> link to this podcast, and then we've people got find this stuff out. Like uh, because I don't know how people find out these like um that my, I think my middle name is on the internet. And, right. Like, how did people find out? Like, yeah, Junior. It. Yeah. See, how do you? How do? You, there's a stalker <laughs> somewhere. Either that or my girlfriend is blabbing too much. How do you know what it's there's like? no citation needed on your you know so that's been that they're happy with the proof of that I and mean, there's a lot of things they uh they let go without putting citation needed i have to say but uh so you you nearly studied architecture that was what you were sort of heading towards or, I did or you studied engineering you nearly you nearly were going to be an architect i should say yeah, right? basically so you studied I, architecture i did the 3 year degree right cool and then i didn't i could have carried on to the extra 4 years to be a proper architect mm. but i thought you know man i want to um Scrape a living by telling jokes in shitty pubs. <laughs> I mean, architecture sounds like a cool thing to do, though. If you can do it, if you can you see that. make buildings, you said that if you can do it, <laughs> the key thing, that's if you can do it. I didn't say I was any good. I didn't say my grades are great. <laughs> no, and I guess they don't let you just go out of college, go go and design this building here. I bet you have to do some toilets yeah. and stuff first here. <laughs> you do the shit. toilet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Design shed will give you some Lego, right? If you do well with Lego, it's just moving up. Um, yeah. So I, I did the three year degree. Uh, yeah. and then by the time I, I finished my degree, I was already doing stand up. I started stand up when I was 19. Yeah. And you, well, you'd done some, you'd done a, I've heard talking on Stuart Goldsmith's, uh, excellent podcast, comedian, oh, yeah. comedian. Um, so you'd done, you'd done like a gig. At, like when you're about fourteen or something like that, when you do, at, oh, yeah. for your church group, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a church talent show, right? And uh, some some of the people in the youth group they dared me to do stand up because I was always making jokes like on a Sunday. Yeah, I'm like, all right, fine, I'll I'll, I'll I'll go and do something. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I was thought it'd be it'd be a laugh, you know, make some jokes, make fun of some of the people in the church. Obviously, I had to keep it clean. Right, because <laughs> I'll be in church going, "Hey, what's going on, motherfuckers? Y'all cool?" <laughs> Mate, my family would be like outcasted. Um, so yeah, I kept it clean. Yeah, did some jokes, making fun of people. Um, and that was that was the first like, you know, when you come off stage and people are laughing, you get that buzz. You know, as a comedian, yeah. I was like, "Ooh, that feels good. <laughs> oh, hello." Um, and I, I, I kind of that stuck with me for ages. Yeah, to the point when when I was nineteen at university, I was like. Oh, I want to give comedy another go. You know, while I'm still yeah. young, or while I, you know, I've got nothing to lose, I'm just going. I want to do because that that bus that had when I was fourteen, I'll never forget it, man. This I know it's like a drug, you know, it's like a yeah. It's it's well, I've, it's it's nearly as good as an orgasm, depending on how good your sex is. Yeah, 
I mean, a bad orgasm. It's as good as a bad orgasm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I you can I, have bad ones. I nearly do. You know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's quite a big decision to get. You know, like I suppose people do get into comedy at nineteen, but to go into stand up at nineteen and to and to change course once you've once you've sort of realised you like doing it. Um, that's quite that's quite early to start. So you, well, because well, I was so young and um, yeah. I thought, you know what, I'll, just, I'll give it a go for a year or so, you know, yeah. uh, it could be like a little hobby that I do. Uh, but I just evolved to the point where I was like, I'm going to stick it for a little while yeah. um, and see how I get along. And 15 years later or so, I'm still... I mean, it's crazy, it. but you've been going at this such a long time <laughs> when you start that young. You're, like, to me, you're still a very young man. But, you know, you've done 15 years of stand-up. I, mean, which I is look so in my head. I'm like 67 years old. <laughs> so much older than I actually am. Oh. <laughs> so I've got my windows open because it's so hot and that means the uh, the motorbikes of Hertfordshire are going past and making a noise. I apologise if that's uh, interrupting people's bad listening, listening pleasure. Or, you know, it might be better. People might uh, like to hear it. I love, show, I love motorcycling myself. Um, Anyway, and well, let's talk about because you you wear a cross on stage quite a lot, and obviously you talk about your church group and stuff. So you are a, certainly when the stuff I've been watching, you're a you're a Christian, which is quite an unusual. I mean, not necessarily unusual to happen, but it's quite unusual for people to admit it in, in the comedy scene and talk about it on the comedy scene. Yeah, yeah, cause... yeah, and to and to wear a cross on stage, you know, to sort of say this is who I am. Yeah, I mean, because it's so I don't know, it feels like kind of taboo. To be yeah. like, yeah, I'm a man of faith. Whereas, because in comedies, the, the joke is that always, I you know God doesn't exist. And grow up. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I like, hate those I know, guys like, doing that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I could say that uh, I am an axe murderer. I am. I'm, I'm, I, I support cannibalism, and that would be more supported than saying I'm a man of faith. Because <laughs> it's, it's just frowned upon. Well, not frowned upon, but it's just it's, yeah, it's just rare. Yeah. It is a rare thing, but it's you know. But then it's good to own, and it's good to be who you are, which I think you seem to have. You've grasped that very early on. I think it's your your comedy seems you know, but your comedy is it comes from a nice place. I think as well, you know, it's it's there's it comes from a there's a Christian sensibility behind it, (laughs) as well as it being that's not Christian. I'm gonna be scared that my grandma (laughs) or my mum will be in the audience and slap the shit out of me if I'm (laughs) realizing. But there's that family thing as well. So you're you're big into talking about your family, uh, which is which is nice as well. It's it's not that. You know, a lot of comedians want to be the cool renegade. I'm, a, I'm anti everything, and you seem to be a, uh, seem you seem to be very reasonable as well in kind of balancing. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking, you talk about political issues, but you're very balanced in that rather than. Yeah, right I, I, I'm not like a you know, harsh bad boy shouty kind of. Guy. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I've got my opinions, and I'll, I'll deliver yeah. it to you. But I'll, I'll, I'll gently spoon, spoon feed you. You, <laughs> you don't want another bite? Are you full? Okay, no, you want more? Have another one. There you go. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm a big softy. That's who I am, yeah. which I, I have come to accept and acknowledge. Um, like I, I, I say it on stage, you know, like I can't fight, but one thing I can do is I can tell my mum, she'll fuck you up instead. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's who I am, you know. I yeah. know my lane. I'm going to stay in that lane. Man. <laughs> so were your family supportive of this decision to kind of give up your studies, to give up your, what you'd studied for and <laughs> and become a comedian and go into that world, which seems, you know... A, they, some more distance away from, from their they life. They are so supportive. They absolutely love the fact that 
me, the first one in the family to go to university, was going to turn down this degree that costs so much money. <laughs> shitty rooms above pubs um <laughs> uh no they they uh they were skeptical they didn't think i was that funny uh, <laughs> <laughs> funny. uh which is a uh, very very damning indictment from your own flesh and blood um yeah i told my mum um that i was gonna do stand up i remember we, we were out at a restaurant and her her first reaction was well how are you gonna pay the rent and I was like, well, you know, I can get paid from gigs. And she's like, how are you going to pay the rent? It was actually trying to reinforce, you're not funny enough to make money from this. How are you going to pay the rent? Um, my grandma just thought it was a hobby. So it's, 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 cause she's an older generation where to her, a job is like, you know, using your hands or like you're in an office. It's not yeah. on, you know, on stage for Mike. That's, that's not a job. That's just something you do in your spare time for fun. So she didn't get that. Um, yeah, they they were just baffled and, and like puzzled as to why I I would walk away from a profession, a solid profession as well, yeah, like architecture to just tell jokes, you know, like um, yeah, like my, I remember I remember telling my grandma I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a comedian, She's like go on and tell me a joke, you're not funny, why? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it was just um, it it was a it was a curveball to them, sure. Yeah, and are they are they supportive now? Or is it, have you have you done well enough to please them? <laughs> yeah. After Love of the Apollo, they were very supportive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my son. <laughs> don't, 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 he's so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, over the years, they've come to realise that actually I, c- I can I can do sure. something. I can make a living from this. Uh, so now they, they're cool. Like yeah, the first time I did Love of the Apollo, uh, my mum came down. I think that was one of the first times she'd seen me. Uh, yeah. My mum, my brother, and oh, my girlfriend, maybe my stepdad. Um, but after that, that set, uh, my mum, my brother, they were like, you're really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of me was like, oh, thank you, acceptance. But another part of me was like, what, you sound surprised. Like, you thought I'd go there and die and get, like, I was shit all these years. And it's going, I don't know, I'm follow, this is going to be bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they, now, now they're cool. Now they're like, all right, cool. Yeah, you, you do your thing. Uh, so you do quite a lot about your 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 mum. I, I I didn't see this show again. I heard you talking to Stuart about it, the uh, teenage mutant Nathan Caton. Yes, which was about obviously your, your childhood, but about your about your mum and your mum um, getting remarried. Yeah, and and but, but it was quite a, a personal show, like quite a serious show about your feelings about that. It was um it was probably the most emotional show I've ever done. Yeah. Um. I'm normally I'm not an emotional person, like because I'm a comedian and I'm a bloke, so emotion just <laughs> put it down. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um. Yeah. So like my my, my normal response or reaction to anything serious is just to kind of be sarcastic, have a laugh, and try and get out of the conversation. Um. But on this occasion, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch up. I'm gonna I'm gonna just talk about how I fe- how I feel and how I felt, and the show was about. Uh, so my mom's getting remarried and, uh, she chose her, her brother from Canada to walk her down the aisle. And it was all about my, my reaction to that and how I felt like ostracized and left out, uh, yeah. because I was the obvious candidate, uh, cause my granddad, her dad passed away when I was a kid. Um, so it was either going to be me or my little brother. And cause I'm the eldest, I thought, well, obviously she's going to choose me. I'm, I'm the leading man in her life. Uh, basically, I'm just a comedian who's got Oedipus, Oedipus complex, basically. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, and yeah, I just kind of went into like the emotion of, and why I was so protective of my mum, uh, given yeah. that we've been through in our past and stuff. Me and my mum, I'm a little brother. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was a very, um, it was, it was an open show. Right? Probably, yeah. I mean, to some of the reviewers in Edinburgh thought it was too emotional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that can't be put in Edinburgh. That's not possible, but I'm kind of interested in, uh, I'm interested. So did you, had you talked to your mum about the stuff you were talking about in the show? I mean, your mum hadn't seen the show, I don't think. Did you, t- did you tell your mum that you were upset about not being asked to? I told her that I was, that I felt like I should have done it, but I, right. I didn't, I didn't say it in a serious way. I said it in a very kind of joke way. It's like, come on, how are you going to, how are you going to leave me hanging like this? And she's like, no, no. Like instead, she got me to MC the reception. Like, right. Yeah. Cause you know, standing in front of people with a microphone, like I don't do that and fucking up my life. Um, and she, I didn't get paid as well. The cheap bitch. No, 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 really. Um, yeah. So I, I just, I just joked about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then I, I, when I did the show, that's when it all came out. And yeah. one of her friends from work was in Edinburgh and saw the show and right. reported back to my mum. And she's like, oh, you felt that way? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was, nah. My mum hasn't seen the show because I haven't done no. the show since because I don't want my mum to see it. Because, I don't know, I feel like we'll either both start crying or she'll have slapped the shit out of me. So, <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to do it again. Because the, 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 first, the first time I did that, uh, I did a preview of that show, uh, I started crying on stage. Yeah. Um, cause I didn't realize I tapped into an emotion that I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Before. And yeah, it all just, it all just came out. And it was like, yeah. I think that's interesting. Cause I did, I did a show about my dad, which is called the headmaster's son, which wasn't, it was just about him, but he, my dad was my headmaster in my school. Oh wow. Which is a bit, and I always said how weird it was for me. And it, when, I, but when I did that show and my dad was in the audience a couple of times mm. and then just at the end of the show, I kind of suddenly realized even at 35 or whatever I was at the time, that I'd never thought of it from his point of view, right? I'd always thought, oh, it's awful being the headmaster's son, but I'd never thought how weird it was being the father of a, a you know, a pupil at your school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when he was in the audience, I absolutely had the same thing where I couldn't actually get through that bit. I completely, and even though I thought, you know, and you don't, you sort of, it's great for the show in a way, but every time I was going, right, no, no, I'm not, I'm going to get through it. But every time I didn't get through it. So it's, it's, I sort of just find it interesting. And you say you're a man and you push down your feelings and you don't discuss stuff. But obviously, as a comedian, I think, you know, comedians talk about everything. I think, and we, we talk about stuff way more than that male stereotype, at least. Yeah. Anyway, you know, and so if you're, you know, that you, you've, you've talked very, um, uh, you know, you've talked about subjects I think a lot of men would feel they didn't want to talk about in the pub. You know, there's a great thing on your Twitter uh, feed about you, know, you going to a gay bar and uh, okay. it, even though you're not gay, enjoying the attention you're getting from the, from the gay guys there, which is a, be- a beautiful thing. But like, so a lot of men wouldn't talk about that, you know, in their de- in their daily life. But as a comedian, you you know, you do end up you know, expressing yourself, right? On stage, yeah, I can talk about anything. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Anything serious, that like, I can spin it into some sort of material and yeah. I feel comfortable. But off stage, like, talking about something serious, like my girlfriend or my mum or whatever, and I don't know, I kind of, I, I freeze. I don't know how to just open up like that. But yeah. you're on stage to strangers, easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's, I just sort of think that's sort of interesting that you can get all of that that show out to an audience of strangers it's you know but it's just it just says a lot about the comedy brain and the way a comedian works that weird it's messed up that you can do that but it's you know it's messed up but it's kind of it's sort of cool and it's sort of interesting but uh 
yeah, mainly messed up. Um, <laughs> let's talk a bit about lock. Well, we're in lockdown still. Uh, people at home, what listening to the podcast, are probably in the second lockdown with a lot more deaths happening. That's my prediction. I hope I'm right because it'd be embarrassing if I'm wrong. Um, so, <laughs> um, how's it? You know, you're a, you're a, you know you're that straight down the line kind of clubbing comedian. I mean, you do other jobs as well. You do other work as well, but you're working six or seven nights a yeah. week in clubs, right? It's, it's and good. so suddenly, how how is it to suddenly have that rug pulled out from under your feet and Massive suddenly have no gear work? change? Massive yeah. gear change, you know. Yeah, gigging six, seven nights a week, doing multiple gigs in the night. Some nights. Yeah. Now I'm just sitting here doing nothing, like just like drinking alcohol. <laughs> that's what I do, man. Like rum punch. That's my microphone. Yeah. Um. Yeah, drinking alcohol, playing FIFA. Uh, actually talking to my girlfriend. You know, so like, oh, wow. that's what you sound like. Wow, well, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's fun. I mean, I love my girlfriend, but it's kind of <sighs> she is it difficult for her? You know, that's the thing. It's sort of just it just changes that that lifestyle where you're always out in the evening. Yeah, and you know, like, she may have got used to that and uh, and, and enjoy that, and then suddenly you're, you're kicking around every night. The thing is, she only moved in. Um, <clears throat> so she moved in with me like October. Oh, really? Right. So it's kind of gone from like, okay, I was living by myself for a few years, enjoying yeah. it. Then she moved in. I was like, okay. And now she's here all the time. Like, <laughs> fuck my life. I did not think, like, if I knew this was coming, I would have asked her to move in, like, next year. So I said, I can have this whole lockdown by myself, chilling. <laughs> um, but no, um, it's just, and yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's hard for her as well. Cause, sure. Um, She's got a proper day day job. She's a teacher. So during the day, she'd be out out of the house to myself, chilling. It's my time. Then when she comes in, I'm going out. So then she goes to the evening, her time. So we we both had this lovely balance where we maybe see each other for half an hour in the day, but that was enough. You know, we just walk past and go, what's up? Yeah, cool. What's up? What's up? And then we just enjoy each other's space and stuff. But now we're just together all the time. And, Mm. oh... I mean, like, actually, can I share something with you? Yeah. I wrote a poem right, based on being a lockdown with my girlfriend. Can I, can I read it out to you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Please do. Uh, cool. Um, this poem, where's it gone? Oh, here we go. All right. See, I mean, it's probably a lot of couples can relate to this, right? Um, <clears throat> it's cool. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> my bad. This poem uh, that I wrote from uh, Best of My Girlfriend is called I Love You, But Can You Just Fuck Off Now, Please? Uh, I've never done poetry before, but I just thought, you know, I I felt inspired. So, uh, okay, it's poem because of this. Um, It's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't care. It's just that everywhere I go, everywhere I turn, you're always fucking there. When I go to get some food, when I choose to have a sit, there you are, right on top of me, like a fly on a piece of shit. You're amazing. You still make me weak at the knees. I love you, but can you just fuck off now, please? Second verse. (laughs) It's not that I'm not there for you now and forever, but I will stab you in the face with a fucking fork if we have to spend any more time together. Morning, noon, and night, every hour that God has sent, yet you still ask me, how was your day, babes? You know how the fuck it went. Look, I'm crazy about you more than you can believe. 
I love you, but can you just fuck off now, please? Yes, we get on. The sex is amazing and we have a laugh. But when I see you at home during the day, I think, why can't you be frontline staff? A doctor or a nurse or in a supermarket packing a shelf. Something that gets you away from me so I can have the house all to myself. Yes, we're in a relationship, but no, we're not fucking Siamese. I love you, but can you just fuck off now, please? Last verse. Okay. Before the lockdown, I used to look at you and think, I'm so lucky, I don't deserve her. But now I look at you and I think, I'm going to do time for murder. Go for a walk, get some exercise, take a stroll around the block. Take your time, though, don't rush back. Enough time for me to change the locks. Since we've been at home together, it's like pissing me off has become your expertise. I love you, but can you just fuck off now, please? It's beautiful. From the heart, mate. From the heart. It's really... <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might turn around in a John Dunn-esque way and, you know, like the... and reveal your true love for her. I mean, not that that wasn't there all through, but... No, I'm glad it just carried on. I'm fine. It's better it just <laughs> carried on. Got worse and worse. How are you feeling as a comedian without that outlet to perform? So my wife was um, uh, kind of obs- obsessed with that idea that, I, that if I ever get stopped doing gigs, I was... Uh, I don't know what's happening here. I've got something coming off of my screen. Hopefully Chris Evans is watching. I think I've been signed out of Zoom, but hopefully it's all, it's all good. <laughs> oh, okay. It's turned into you. It's fine. It's just a technical thing at this end. My wife's kind of obsessed with the idea that if I don't gig for a while, I become a sort of miserable cunt, and then I go and I go and gig again, and everything's fine again. Have you? Have you? But have you missed that? You know, I think there's. And I've, Sarah Millican was talking about this. You know, the adrenaline is actually a drug, and and yeah. to not get that adrenaline, mm. a few weeks in, you can sort of get properly depressed. Oh, have you yeah. found that, or have you managed to find an outlet to, no, to, get, to I, get that? Yeah, well, the poem was a good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I totally get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, is, there have been days when I've I've been miserable, and I've, I've just been like, I said to my girlfriend, just leave me alone. I just need to be on myself. And it's like, sure. I don't know, just kind of just, oh, just kind of get my head around the fact that this is life for now. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's not been able to go out and just like, I mean, I've always loved stand up, but in lockdown, I've, I've realized how much I really love it. Like really cherish what I do for a living. Be able to go out on stage and just make people laugh, make people happy for like 20 minutes, half an hour or so. Um, and now I can't do that, you know, like I tell jokes to my girlfriend, but she doesn't appreciate it. It's like, oh, you're sh- shit crowd. Um, yeah, it is. I said it's, it's, it's a gear change. It is yeah, yeah. Really frustrating. I mean, when when the world opens up and we're allowed back out, there's gonna be a backlog of stuff, mate. Audiences are gonna have to just sit there and take it. I've got so much to say. Yeah, but you know, when will it be? You know, they've announced as we're as we're doing this. You know, the bingo halls are allowed to open. <laughs> the cinemas are allowed to open. I don't quite get, you know, why a cinema can be a, a funny film. They can show a funny film, but they a comedian can't. If it's anything to do with people laughing and it. Expo- yeah. And I know funny films aren't as funny as comedians, but if it's about spreading germs, <laughs> it's sort of, you know, I just don't know when we're going to get back into being able to do live stuff. Mm. And then, you know, if you've been making, I mean, I presume you make most of your living from yeah. from stand-up. On the clubs, yeah. Yeah. So how, you know, how are you, 
are you, are you going to be able to cope for another if it's six months? If it's another seven, eight months, are you going to be able to get through that period? Of time? Um, I've already started looking at like prostituting myself. Uh, my girlfriend's not happy about it, but I was like, babes, no. I've, I've got enough love to go around, baby. No worries. <laughs> well, you're lucky you're very good looking, so that will that can work out for you. But look, I mean, this raddled old. No, mate, yeah, this corpse, I can't do anything. There's something for everyone, mate. Don't put yourself... <laughs> There's someone wants this. Someone out there someone... is prepared to pay for this. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Oh, God. Well, look, let's. Um, I'll ask you a couple of emergency questions, then we'll get on to even more serious topics that I want to talk to you about. Uh, let me ask you some of my new emergency questions. Okay. Um, if you, uh, if all the art galleries and museums in the world got together and said, you are allowed, Nathan Caton is allowed to take one item, a painting, a historical artifact, anything from any museum or art gallery in the world. Is there something you would like to possess if they if they allowed you to take it? Is there anything that would take your fancy? Any painting? Any painting or, you know, anything in a museum, anything in an art gallery. It doesn't have to be art. It can be an historical artifact or just something that you fancy. Oh, gosh. Um, and it's quite it's a big question. Yeah. I would. Do you ever go to music? Do you go to museums much? I see that's how I pass my time on tour sometimes going to crazy museums and stuff and seeing um, i mean you could just get something valuable and yeah. sell it I'm, I'm i might just go to like uh the natural history museum yeah just take anything because it's not british it's stolen anyway <laughs> like, now you know how it feels take something anything. yeah british elgin marbles uh yeah could be given but you can give them back i mean you can take them and give them back that's uh that's definitely allowed um and who is the most famous person you've ever been in a lift with that you didn't get in the lift with, that you weren't with when you got in the lift? Have you ever been in a lift with a famous person? Oh, gosh. Um, you must have been. Come on, Nathan. In a lift with a famous person? Come on. Have I? You must have been. 
Mate, you are very overestimating my lifestyle, mate. Um, Just by like down the Westfield, someone you must have had. I met I met Shane Ritchie at the Westfield. That's the kind of thing that can happen. Oh, I know. You know, I, I can't. I can't go to Westfield. There's too many people. I just end up like just accidentally kicking someone in the back of the head. Uh, <laughs> have I been in in the lift of someone famous? Um, Lee Ryan from Blue. Have you? Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good one. Is that, yeah, is that, that good? Yeah, no, I'm very impressed with that. That's a good choice. What was he like? Did anything happen with Lee Ryan when he was in the lift? He's a, he's a, he's a bit of a geezer, man. He's, he's down yeah. to earth. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. For some reason, I always, always think singers would be like divas, but he's like, nah, he's like, mate, how you doing? He's like, Dude, mate, you know you're a singer, man. Be a diva. Like, tell him to shut up or something. Just look at me and go, mm, no pictures. But no, who's a cool guy? Really laid back. Good. Well, it's good to know. That's how that's how we find out. We find out about a lot about celebrities in the lift. Um, so, look, um, one of the things I want to talk to you about was you recently tweeted something that I thought was great, which, again, with everything that's going on in the world, uh, is incredibly uh, relevant. Um, where uh, I think it's this, like, it's it's about this idea of privilege, right? And, I, and what really struck this of me about this is that you and I have the same job, yeah. Uh, and sh- you know, and should have the b- same basic lifestyle as a result. You would hope, yeah. You know, that, w- and that's one of the things I <clears throat> like about comedy is it should. It's sort of, f- and I know it isn't quite, but it feels like it's a level playing field that anyone, c- if you're funny, anyone can go in. If you can go in a club and do it, yeah. And 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 if you're funny, you should be <coughs> successful. Therefore, because you know, it's about talent. The talent to make people laugh. You'd you'd got this. I don't know where you got it from, but there was someone asking questions, just basic questions about life like you know when you you go and do a shop have you ever been you know someone followed you around thinking you're stealing stuff if you walk down the street people cross the road and you've got to hold up your 10 10 fingers you hold up and you've got to put a finger down every time um happened to you that thing has happened to you like i didn't i maybe put half a finger down wow seriously really you you yeah i mean like mate i think maybe there's been a, you know, and I can't even think of a specific example. Maybe I, I you know, someone's crossed the street because it's that they've been worried it's late, late at night. Someone might have crossed the street to get to get because I was walking behind. I'm not a very threatening looking guy, I have to say. So it was a very, if it happened, it was a very weak, weak person. Yeah, all well, they turn around and go, oh, it's okay. <laughs> but you put, uh, you know, there was about 12, 13 questions. Yeah. We might put, we might sl- sl- slice this in for people to see into the into the podcast. Check your privilege edition. Put a finger down if you have been called a racial slur. Put a finger down if you've been followed in a store unnecessarily. Put a finger down if someone has crossed the street to avoid passing you. Put a finger down if you've had someone clinch their purse in an elevator with you. Put a finger down if you've had someone step off of an elevator to keep from riding with you. Put a finger down if you've been accused of not being able to afford something expensive. Put a finger down if you have had fear in your heart when being stopped by the police. Put a finger down if you have never been given a pass on a citation that you deserved. Put a finger down if you have been stopped or detained by police for no valid reason. Put a finger down if you have been bullied solely because of your race. Put a finger down if you have been denied service solely because of the color of your skin. Put a finger down if you've ever had to teach your child how not to get killed by the police. Any fingers left? That's privilege. Basically, you put down every when every question basically was you. You put your finger down, apart from one that you didn't 
understand what the question yeah, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, and that is just, that's just astonishing to me. So I think it's so powerful about about privilege and about how people people don't get that about the, you know, when it's all this, I mean, you know, again, I saw you tweeting about this, but Black Lives Matter, I mean, you know, it was bad enough people saying all lives matter. Just this week we've had people flying planes saying white lives matter, yeah. which is a kind of massive misunderstanding of what this is. But I guess white people don't get the innate privilege of what the, of, of the way their lives are. Uh, well, no, well, first of all, it's not all white people. No. <laughs> Let's not make a general sweeping assumption. Um, no, it's, it's a, a small minority of people who <clears throat> I think maybe if if it was not called Black Lives Matter and called Black Lives Matter as well, then yeah. maybe they'd get it. But I don't, know, I don't know if they just don't get it or just don't want to get it. They don't look. It's the same. You know, I do this thing on. I mean, I'm I'm writing about this for the, a, a book I'm writing. I, I do on International Men's Day, uh, International Women's Day. Men go when's International Men's Day, and there is already an International Men's Day. They don't realise, and you know, I tell them when it is. But it's it's that implication that if there's a day for something or a movement for something, that that means it's against yeah. the opposite of that. Which, it, but you only think that if you're already. <laughs> Even if you don't know it, if you're already prejudiced, yeah, because it's not, you know, Black Lives Matter isn't saying and white lives don't matter. Yeah, I know. It's saying, you know, white people aren't going to get, you know, shot by the police or kneeled on their necks till they're dead for eight minutes, you know, so it's... Well, it's kind of like on Black Friday, going into a shop that's busy with people and go, guys, guys, calm down. All Fridays are important. It's like, no, no you're, you're missing the context, okay, like... Black Lives Matter. It's not saying only Black Lives Matter. It's not saying Black people, Black lives are more superior. It's not like, well, my support for it is not based on superiority. It's just based on equality and fairness and peace and love and harmony. Yeah. But still, like, even like today, on Facebook and Twitter, I've got people like tweeting me and commenting on my posts and saying, you know, you're, you're, you're a hypocrite. You've been racist. Like, no, I'm not. You don't get that. Okay. It's like, I said this to one guy. It's, it's like me, like a heterosexual man going to gay pride going straight lives. What about straight lives? It's like, yeah. I'll look like a, an imbecile. Like how I'm missing the point. I'm being a dickhead. It's like, you're missing the context here. Okay. Like this, I'm not trying to you know, say that black people should be put on a pedestal. No, no, no. It's like, I just want us to be all equal, but yeah. it's just staggering how like people just, just don't get it. I think, but I think it's because, I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot, not just, uh, not just the, uh, race thing and the sec, the sexual equality, the sex, you know, the, yeah. uh, quality of, you know, all the, all the types of equality. And I think people are threatened when you see the guys who went to the, whatever the fuck the protest against. Oh, the, 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 the Winston Churchill thing. Those guys were just angry. They were just angry. And they didn't, they didn't know what it was about. You know, I mean, they didn't know what they were angry about to the point they could piss on the, they thought they had flex statues and one of them could piss on the memorial to the policeman who got yeah, killed yeah. by terrorists, you know, which presumably would be the antithesis of everything that they would think. But, you know, they're lashing out at police. They're just, they're just angry. And I think because they feel lost and I think they feel they don't, you know, they, they don't know where they're going in life and they feel, um, that things are against them. But I think what they don't, I, I think what those guys don't realize is that the end, their enemies are the, exactly the same enemies as, the yeah. people who are fighting for equality. Also, you know? I don't think they realise what irony is because there was the guy who was a 
protecting a statue of Churchill by doing a Nazi salute next to it. It's like, mate, yeah. that's like black people protecting a statue of Martin Luther King by covering it in a white hood. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Think about what you're doing. Um, yeah, 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 it's like, there's no need for you to be angry. We're not saying that you're, you're not important. Obviously, you're important, okay? All lives matter, yes. Yeah. But black lives have to matter for all lives to matter. You get what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just, I don't know. It's like, it's like banging your head against the wall sometimes, going, God. I, d- I sort of think, it, um, what I think is, what I think is hopeful, I hope, is that, you know, well, I've been, I've been around a bit longer than you and I've been in this country <laughs> since, you know, through the seventies, which you, you missed, which you were lucky to miss the seventies, <laughs> where, you know, where things were, I, I think we're definitely worse than now. I think we sort of, it's ebbed and flowed. And I think, you know, I think like, I, I'm probably guilty of this. I thought we hit this century. We thought, oh, this stuff is all, this stuff's all sorted out. We've, we're there. We've got it. And, you know, it, it, that was definitely wrong. Right. But in the seventies, the casual racism on TV, the sort of stuff you'd see on TV was just, uh, just appalling, re- really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like things that have improved. And, and I think when you look at the, the thing I was going to say, when you look at the, that Burnley fucking plane going through White Lives Matter Burnley. Mm. Um, the immediate response of the club, of all the players, the captain of that team was, this is, this is embarrassing. This is ridiculous. This is awful. And I kind of just hope that if those guys are saying that, you know, if, if, if that's the immediate response, which again, in the seventies, that wouldn't have been the immediate response, you know, that it would have been, yeah, you know, if then, if then, if any like this, I know, you know. <clears throat> It, it, the history of this is long and complicated and, and awful. And obviously the sixties, we saw like all the stuff you're talking about, Martin Luther King and, and, and all that, and all that going on. So there, it was, it was happening. But I think in Britain in the seventies, you know, most people would have been just out and out racist. Uh, and I think now. I don't know. I hope, but, but what, you know, this is my fucking experience, which is not as, as your video really shows. See, some is not the real experience. Media, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my experience isn't the real experience and your experience is the genuine experience. Did you, have you found any difference since Brexit in terms of, you know, of some, some of the, uh, black and Asian comedians I've spoken to, you know, noticed a, a shift after Brexit in terms of audiences towards them? Um, I feel like, well, from my perspective, what I see, I feel like since Brexit, a lot of like, uh, discriminatory comments or discriminatory actions, it, it feels like it's been more accepting now. Um, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like now they've got like a bit of a platform now. That, yeah, yeah. Like, not saying that Brexit supporters are racist. I'm not saying that obviously, um, people have voted for, for Brexit for their own personal reasons, but for some people it has been, a chance for them to air out some of these views, which are like, whoa, mate, what, what year are you living in, man? Um, <clears throat> uh, at, at the gigs, it's n- nothing like directly towards me per se, but I've just noticed in in general, I just maybe out in the public as well. There's a, <clears throat> a, a bit more confidence to say things which they wouldn't have said maybe five, ten years ago. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, I mean, personally, I just hope it's as things weaken, they sort of get more angry and and more, you know, and louder. You know what I mean? It's, it, I, 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 God, I hope it's that. I mean, I really hope it's that, but it's, it's, you know, and I hope what's happening at the moment is a sort of sea change, but it's, 
it's um you know i, I well i so i think as a comedian you're you're really interesting right because i look at you and i go like oh for the last 20 years tv's been going we want uh more black comedians we want more diversity we want this we want that you are a very uh marketable black comedian i would say in that you are you know well i've you know but I, you, you are everything that you would think like say saturday night uh and you know michael McIntyre, exactly that thing you would think this is god this is a guy who's doing family-friendly material mostly is doing you know is very good at his job he you know he has that if, you, if you're looking in a box ticks it ticking he's got that box ticking thing and yet you have not you know, the fact that I was talking to Katie, my wife, about this, and she was saying, you know, Richard, the thing is, everything, they're all racist, all these, all these, <laughs> they're just racist because you are the, you know, if, if you've been working for 15 years as a stand up and, you know, you've had radio shows and you've been on some uh, panel shows and some TV shows, but there's, there's, you know, that big break has not mm. yet come for you. I think that's no. fair to say. Yeah. It's been, it's been close. Yeah. But it hasn't happened. No. And that's what, that's, I think that's what Katie's saying, you know, it's just, it's it's well, the system's racist. I, well, I, I, that's it's it's easy to, to say that, but yeah, in, I would always take responsibility myself and be like, okay, what can I do? Well, what else can I do to get to where I want to be? So, I'm yeah, I'm 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 just all I can do is just do me, just do what I do, um, and hope that you know someone sees it and goes. Yeah, let's give him a shot. Let's give him a go. You know, you know, see see what happens, man. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's well, that's that's what my agent says to me. Just keep plugging away. Just keep doing it, man. Keep doing it. People will see that you're funny. Just keep plugging away. Um, and yeah, whatever happens, happens, isn't it? It is, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's not, you know, there aren't. I know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I get. I totally get where. You're <laughs> I mean, it is. It is very. Outweighs outrageous too much of a statement to say that like Lenny Henry is still the biggest black name in comedy. Yeah. Um when there's a lot of good black talent out there. Sure. Um I mean that's the thing, there's a lot, you know, and I would accept it if it was you know, because we you know, we all understand how it works and like there's good comedians who don't get that break, there's good comedians who go and do their own thing and whatever. Mm. Uh but you know, it's not <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just suddenly go well like i mean again i hope it's going to change you know everyone's saying no it's all gonna you know it's everything's gonna change now but it just feels weird to me and i'm sure it feels weird to you oh, and, no, you're, no. and you're and you're being uh very diplomatic and i, and, <laughs> and I appreciate it i appreciate it um but you know it, that i mean for, I, well I, if there's anyone watching who's in control of tv i would have to tell them that you know i think I just think what the stuff you're doing is is that per, I, I would say just perfect prime time, um, you know, that that Saturday night stuff, and you you could you could be there and you could be doing that, and you know that isn't necessarily true of a lot of comics. That's a very specific thing to, that certain comics can do. Can you? Um, and it's not good for me. I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> can you represent me, please, mate? I, I will. I'm <laughs> going to represent you. But, but no, um, I, I get what you, I get what you mean. I mean, like you yeah. a sitcom, for example. Um, Okay, so uh, Dane Baptiste, very good comedian, mate of mine, had a, a sitcom, BBC Three. But before him, there wasn't, I think Desmond's would have been the last yeah. black sitcom. And that was in early 90s, sorry. That was early 90s. So, I mean, it says a lot that there's been a vacuum, a void, right? Um, not saying that we should be put on just 
based on the colour of our skin. Obviously, we've got to be good as well. But the thing is, there are a lot of good black comedians out there. So, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> says a lot. You know, I, I yeah, yeah, I, I get, I totally get what you mean. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of people talk to talk. Those necessarily walk. The yeah. Talk. I mean, it's, you know, and it's difficult and it's, you know, and I, you know, I'm conscious all the time, you know, it's, you have to think of so, <laughs> like, I'm booking guests for this show and you have to think of, like, who's going to be good at it, uh, which is a lot of people. And, you know, and then I want to, I want to balance everything up. And once you start balancing everything up, you sort of go, oh, God, you know, this is kind of, <laughs> I haven't balanced that bit, I haven't balanced that. And it's got to be about who's funny mm. and who's, and who's ready as well to do it. Mm. But, you know, everyone can make that decision, and I think everyone can look into the heart of it. Kate was just saying they're all there's all these white middle class people making this decision about what goes on TV, and they're scared. And I go, they can't be scared of Nathan. He's like the is <laughs> the is the least scary. <laughs> I mean, you're a big guy, like you're, you're a tall guy. That's the only you're saying. I'm a big... But you can't be you can't be scared of you. You know, if you see your act, it's it's a it's a lovely, inclusive, funny uh, act. Is not a terrifying thing, you know, and I can see some black comedians who are who are also fantastic, who I can understand would scare white middle class <laughs> producers. Oh my, and good, oh. <laughs> and they might not put them on, but you know, hopefully, fuck them and they'll get through anyway. But um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But it's um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get you mean. But um, um, yeah, it's, oh, it's the industry I've well, come to know. <laughs> I know, and it's you know, it's so difficult, and you and you're you're aware. That, you know, most comedians think they're great. Most comedians in their heart think they should be there and not all comedians can be there, right? Yeah. So it can't, not all comedians can get that. But it is, uh, and maybe TV, you know, maybe TV doesn't matter. Let's talk about, I was listening to your podcast today, which I which I loved. Uh, you had Jason Manford on in the last one, I think. Uh, yep. Called uh, Give Us Some Good the Give Us Some Good News podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are you doing? So how are you doing these, is this a weekly Yeah, well, it started podcast? off daily when we were in lockdown yeah. and we had nothing to do. Uh, so it's good. It was a good outlet, and then as um as the world starts to kind of slowly fall back to some sort of normality, we've gone to weekly now, <clears throat> and um yeah, basically the podcast is just something to distract us from all the doom and gloom that's going on at the moment. So you know, we don't talk about coronavirus, corona free, Trump free, you know, racism, Black Lives Matter free, all that. It's just just trying to bring positivity to people's lives, put a smile in their face, you know, someone that puts them in a good mood. Uh, and give me some good news podcast. Yeah, it's good. No, it's a lovely, it's a good idea, and like, and pretty difficult to not talk about yeah. those subjects when that's all that's happening. So that's that's, that, but that's that's a good comedic exercise as well because you're yeah, absolutely right. It's you know we we we're hearing a lot about those subjects. Yeah, well, uh, look, the virus. we just end up talking about food most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> what have you baked? Or what have you had this week? You know, oh, you know, Nando's now doing collections. Oh, really? Great. Then, yeah, it's a lot of food talk because um, that's, that's that's what we do, man. Yeah. You're not down to eat and drink. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, you know, I think some comedians aren't going to get through this six or seven month period. With uh, there will be a lot. I've I've gone back and forth with the drinking. I was drinking a lot of this. I hadn't drunk for ages, and then I was drinking a lot at the start. Then I thought I'll knock that on the head. Yeah. And I did that for what felt like months, but was probably only two weeks. Time has <laughs> taken on this very elastic property where it feels like it's, it's... Do you find this? The weeks are going so fast, but it feels... It doesn't feel like 
that long that we've been in lockdown as well. Yeah. Feels like I feels like I've had a hundred Thursdays since this started, but, uh, look, and I it always know. feels like Thursday. I don't even know what day of the week. It's just a blur no. now. It's like Sunday feels like any day, and, and Tuesday feels like any day. It's just blah. it's just the sun coming up and going down over and over and over again, and there's no labels to it. It's just another day stuck in the house. Listen to my girlfriend talk about who knows what now. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's yeah. Oh man, drinking rum. Pop. I made rum cake the other day. I never made rum cake before, but I thought I rum cake. Yeah, I'm gonna make yeah. a cake, but it has to have alcohol in it. Yeah, so, that's yeah. that's. Made I might give cake. that a go. Has a rum pie. Uh, I've been doing a bit of cooking as well. So I made a loaf of bread. I made something very exciting that I can't talk to people about yet on this. They'll see oh. when they when they. When it comes up, they'll find out about it. Uh, is there is your uh, is the Radio Four series show is that done and dusted, or is there any chance that might? Uh, you did a few series of that show, right? Yeah, I did three three series, and then um, like, uh, white middle class England thought, okay, that's enough. <laughs> it's good though to get three series on Radio Four. Oh no, no. I think Radio Four is kind of uh, it's sort of definitely led the uh, the charge for female comedians. I think Radio Four, like it feels like. They've they've got they've really rep, gone to represent female comedians in the panel shows. They were way ahead of of that. But uh, yeah, getting three series on Radio Four is nothing to be sniffed at. I'm, I'm, that was I'm, like a stand, it's like stand up and it's sort of stand up and sitcom about your life sort of thing. Yeah, really, it will. Yeah. It's based on um, me turning down architecture to be a comedian. Yeah, how my family reacted to it and stuff. You know, living at home. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I got yeah the three series. It was great. Um, because when I first started doing stand-up, I never thought, like, I would be in Radio 4. You know, I, 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 I'm not exactly the, the demographic for Radio 4. Um, <laughs> like, I, I remember when I first, the first writing job that I did on Radio 4 was writing for News Quiz when um, Sandy Toxvig was the host. And I wrote, a, I, wrote, I wrote a joke or some line. And afterwards, the producer came up to me and said, I'm, I'm Nathan, um, it's very funny, but just FYI, um, Sandy doesn't use vocabulary like yo <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, sorry, it's my voice. Let's just take it out to hi. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. But, so the fact that you know, Radio Four trusted me, this is it, yeah. it's great. You know, and I, I got a lot of work out of it from doing other bits and pieces. Yeah. And uh, I'm now using that the premise of that sitcom. I'm now using for a TV development that I'm doing, which is great. My life again, but advanced. So now I've got yeah. my girlfriend involved now and her family and stuff. And it's yeah. more like coming of age. So I'm, I'm working on that. Cool, man. So yeah. that sounds good. I, well, I, you know, it seems to me. I know you did. You did the Paramount, like a pilot for Paramount, right? Of the Nathan Cain show. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. That was a car crash. Oh, gosh. Was it? Oh, <laughs> bad memories, Richard. <laughs> I, well, you know, I've got to go to the bat. I told Michael <clears throat> Palin. I reminded Michael Palin about a film he was cut out of. So I've got to do some. I've got to do some oh, pulling you apart. No, that was yeah. I mean. <laughs> It was at the time. It was cool. And it was a yeah. good, good bit of exposure, but that was <clears throat> that was that was too soon. I was only like twenty one, twenty two at the time. It was like, all oh, right, it was that it was that long ago. I look back on it now. I'm like, yeah, mate. That, that, you know what I mean? You look back on some jokes and like, fuck, I said that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jeez, yeah. Well, imagine having that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it was. But then that's interesting because I mean, you know, because you've already done like, so like fifteen years of uh, stand up, and I felt this even with you know Stuart and me when we 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 go being about five years and we got a TV series, you know, five years in, and 
you know, in hindsight, I wish. I mean, I'm glad it didn't wasn't longer. But if it <laughs> if it if, it would have been just because I'd have had to spend more time with him. But it, if it had been it'd have been better for us, you know, you'd have appreciated it more. I think like when you're young, if you're 21 and someone gives you a TV show, you kind of think, oh, this is what's meant to happen. This is normal. Yeah. And you don't like appreciate what an <clears throat> amazing opportunity that is, you know, and, and, and it can work or it can't work. You know, that's the, 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 you can do something good and no one sees it and no one notices it. Or you can do something bad and uh, everyone notices it and that's bad. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting that you've, because there's so many comedians you go, oh, they're a fairly, you know, I'd look at you and go, oh, Nathan's quite a new comedian. And you go, oh, no, no, he's not. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 he won the 2005 Chortle Student Award, so you've been going for 15 years. Since Bloody then. hell. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. So, uh, that's, that's quite depressing. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. I'm here to make me feel bad. I've finished my, I've finished my, it's on the straight run. I finished my beer. Yeah, well, I'm I'm drinking brandy straight out of the bottle now. <laughs> that's good. Oh, it's, that's nice. Well, that's that's a good 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 choice. Um, but yeah, look, it's all it's all going. And you've done we've done live at the Apollo twice, haven't you? And you've done and that, those sets yeah. are well worth looking out. There's a brilliant. There's a great routine about um, you uh, sending texting a picture of your bum to your church group, which you know not not many comedians going to be able to steal that one. Oh gosh, yeah, gosh, that's yeah. a good. It's a great routine. I'm trying to forget. You keep bringing them back up. People um, should people should check it out. I'm giving people at home a chance. Google and check out. Oh, let's talk about it. You were on Mastermind. How did you do on Mastermind? We on um, Mastermind. Okay, okay. It's, it was it was a tale of two halves. Right. Okay. So the, my my chosen subject was the Premier League. Okay. Smash that. Yeah. Twelve out of twelve. Right. Then came to general knowledge. Turns out uh, I watch too much Sky Sports and not enough of everything else. <laughs> um, yeah, I got maybe I don't know five. Out oh, of but that's four. okay. No, it's not. It was bad. I was I was in, I went into second round confident because I was in the lead. Nailed this. Yes, my university degree is going to come in handy. And nah, mate, no. I finished third. Third. Well, I was, I was, I was second, but I did really well. But I was second. I'm, I'm very annoyed about it. My general <laughs> knowledge is good. <laughs> Your chosen subject. Uh, I did Rasputin, the, the uh, yeah, which I knew a little bit about, but it was I worked very hard on it. Okay. It wasn't something I had to learn all this stuff in phonetically because I can't speak Russian. So it was. Uh, I may have mentioned it on this podcast before. It may have. It may. Have, <laughs> it may have come up before. <laughs> have you done any other? Have you done any other? Because that those that's that's the only outlet I have on TV now is to appear on TV quiz shows. That's what that's the only thing they let me do now, which I'm I'm cool with. I have to say. That's okay. fine. But, um, have you done? Have you done pointless? You haven't done pointless yet. No, I haven't done pointless. I haven't done trade. You'd be great on uh, House. Of, you got to do House of Games, man. Have you done House of Games? No. You'd be good at House of Games, really. And they they would like you on House. Of, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna direct message Richard Osman straight after this and tell him to put you on House of Games. He, he might not because he's a Fulham fan. I support Brentford. He might be a bit <laughs> rivalry there. That's okay. <laughs> I think he can overcome it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I'm up for that. I'm, I mean, I'm waiting to do um question of sport. If they, if they, if they have yeah. a celebrity question of sport, mate, I'm there. Right. I know a lot about sports. I just don't know anything, anything else. Right. Well, that's, but it's good to, you know, I'm not that interested in sport. This hasn't been a difficult time for me in terms of there being no sport. Oh, yeah. Um, I support York City. This will be a good trivia question for you. Okay. York City, I think, might be the only team who've finished top of their league and not got promoted. 
unless they win in the playoffs. York City are in the National Conference yeah, North. Okay. They finished the they finished the season top of the league division, but they're now in the playoffs for the second place. So they didn't they don't get promoted automatically <laughs> despite being first. Now, there's every chance. I mean, it's very unlikely they won't fuck it up because it's York City. <laughs> so. Um, don't York City yawn. Someone's just said in the chat room, fuck you. Um, <laughs> there's every chance. So that's a great trivia question. They'll get, you know, that, which team came top of their league and didn't get promoted? You know to self. Noted. Yeah, keep that in your head. Hey, look, man, it's been really, really lovely to talk to you. And uh, I obviously wish you the best of luck. I'm your biggest fan. I'm going to make sure that Richard Osmond puts you on to House of Games. Cool. That, that's probably as much as I can do. Mate, you know what? That's more than <laughs> certain people have done for me in the last few years. <laughs> mate, I appreciate that, man. I said, mate. Because I can't get on TV. And, you know, what, who's going to start thinking about the white middle aged men? That's when, when are they going to get <laughs> my life, my career matters as well? When's someone going to think about me? White comedians matter. White comedians matter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so hey look it's been great are you I mean do you know is your podcast you can promote is there anything else that's yeah. definitely happening um, give me some good news that that's out every week uh, I'll drop it it's great man it was, yeah. it was really really enjoyed it um, I do lots of like football quizzes and football like chat stuff on my Instagram live um, and then apart from that I'm just drinking so when the world reopens I'll be back out at comedy clubs up and down the country uh, Good. Well, I really hope. I mean, I can't see it, but I really hope we're back in the theaters and the clubs by the autumn. Um, <laughs> I think we'll all be back in our houses by by September. To be fair, <laughs> I think we'll get a, we'll get like three weeks out, and then everyone will go, "Oh shit!" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we. Oh no, it's still it's still a virus. <laughs> <laughs> Just staying indoors for a while doesn't stop it. Um, it's been great talking to you, mate. And uh, yeah, check out uh, Nathan Caton on Twitter, and there's some great stuff on there, including that. Uh, brilliant uh, video uh, that I mentioned. Um, thanks for doing it and uh, see you again soon, I hope, mate. Take have care, a, man. Have a good, have a good lockdown. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Nathan Gayton! Thank, you, Thank you guys. We'll be back next week with Daniel Sloss and uh, we'll see you then. Thank you very much. Like and subscribe on Twitch if you enjoy this. Goodbye. You have been listening to Rahalostapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Nathan Caton. Thank you very much to Pest for providing the music, even in lockdown. They don't care. They, 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 were, they saw it coming, didn't they? That's why they called themselves Pest. Thank you very much to everyone at Twitch, everyone at ACAST, everyone at the British Comedy Guide, and especially to Chris Evans, not that one, or that one, for all his invaluable assistance in creating this streamed podcast I'm indebted to Chris Evans not that one I'm indebted to Ben Walker not that one either oh no it is that one um, also the executive producer this week was E.R. Old we called him E.R. Old we called him which might be how he actually pronounces it or she pronounces it we called him J.R. Hartley or her we called him J.R. Ewing we called her J.R. Ewing we called uh, them E.E. Cumming we had lots of nicknames for ER Old, but thank you for executive producing. It was a fantastic job. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Good riddance to you, my fan friends. Go to GoFasterStripe.com slash badges, become a monthly badger, and get all kinds of lovely benefits. Bye-bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. Gofasterstripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.